Welcome to Put Your Numbers to Work podcast. I'm Stephen King and very excited to welcome a special guest today, Johnny Brooks. Johnny is the regional chairman and the CEO of First Financial Bank of Kingwood. And we've brought him on here today to help share some insights about what's going on with the uh, Coronavirus Care Act and how that can help small businesses. Welcome, Johnny. Thank you, Stephen, for the nice introduction. As Stephen said, my name is Johnny Brooks. I work for First Financial Bank out of Kingwood. Uh, First Financial Bank is an $8 billion public traded bank that's been around since 1890. So we've seen a few things over the last 130 years. <laughs> and we're about the same age. Uh, you know, we've been through about six recessions in our lifetimes here. And what's different about this one? Gosh, Stephen, you know, the biggest thing I've seen about this latest recession, hopefully it stays just a recession, is just the pure velocity of how things have happened. Uh, it's almost like overnight the stigma was turned off. We went from a vibrant economy with 3.5% unemployment to one that we've got over 20% jobless claims are at all-time high, and it just it just stopped. Everything just stopped. So that's, mm -hmm. that's been the biggest surprise for me. Mm -hmm. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah, and, and, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, uh, bending the elbow at our, our local union kitchen here. And, you know, what I often talk about is that banks typically are known for they're really good at lending you money if you don't need it, right? If you've got plenty of debt, I'm sorry, plenty of equity, not a lot of debt. And it's a challenge to get money from a bank when you really need the cash and you don't have that liquidity. But this seems different. Is it or, or am I imagining it? It is, it is different, and, I, and there's an old saying that a banker will only give you an umbrella when it's not raining, which there's some truth <laughs> to that, and I won't go into all the details why that is true. But quite frankly, you know, with what's going on, uh, a lot of the banks, including First Financial, are stepping up to make sure we can get money back into the economy and get things flowing again. And we're doing this in a, in a way that it's, it's not for money, it's not for profit, it's to help the economy get going. So that, that saying the, about the umbrella, I think is not going to be true in this situation. So, so now's the time to call your bank right away because it'll be a friendly, you know, helpful voice, right? Yes, it should be. And a lot of that's going to depend upon how good a relationship you have with your bank. Uh, and so if you're just not calling for the first time, you know, you may get a call center, you may get delayed, you may get, you know, not answers because, you know, someone in a call center in Minnesota may not know where Kingwood, Texas is. Right. So or this wherever. is where to have in your bankers critical. Yeah, wherever you are. So, so let's talk about the, you know, the, what's happening out there, right? So Congress passed the third phase of its COVID-19 crisis relief response on Mar March 27th, right? The president signed a $2 trillion act, $2.3 trillion. And, and phase one was designed for the Department of Health and Human Services to respond to the outbreaks. Phase two was for individual em employees to get more health, unemployment insurance and paid sick leave and free testing. Phase three, what we're going to talk about today is about the businesses. So tell us yeah. about what is the Corona Aid, Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Let me, let me actually take a step backwards. There's the the CARES Act, right? Coronavirus mm -hmm. Aid Relief and Economic Security. There's the EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. There's the PPP, there's SBA loans. What's the difference between all these acronyms? Well, let's, let's boil down to um, the, the, the back of the $2 trillion. 
uh, the, there are two programs basically: the PPP and the EIDL. The payment, the PPP, is part of a program. The government has issued $349 billion to get business business employees at work. Now that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. Did you say billion? $349 billion has been made available wow. through the SBA to help fund companies to keep their employees at work. But quite frankly, that's probably not enough. And I think probably uh, we'll have to go back to the trough and get some more money just because of the magnitude of the layoffs. Mm -hmm. So the, the PPP is, is a very good program. It's applied directly through the banks. Uh, that are participating in this volunteer participation. The what, what, what does it stand for? It's like payment, payroll protection program. Yeah, payroll protection program. Uh, pay, excuse me, paycheck protection program. Paycheck pay protection. Right. From the standpoint, we want to make sure people still get their paycheck. The EIDL is a different program outside of the PPP. That's a loan you apply directly with the SBA and not the banks. There is a, a, a $2 million limit. Once you apply, you, get, you can receive immediately a $10,000 advance uh, on the loan. If you get turned down, it's considered a grant. The rate, it's no payments for 12 months. Hmm. Rate of 3.75% for small businesses is defined by the SBA, which is most companies in, in the country. 2.75% for nonprofits up to 30 years uh, and does not require tax returns. So they're making it pretty simple from that standpoint. But part of that problem is, you know, because of this, it's probably going to be a lengthy process. They made some promises as far as turnaround. That's going to be hard to keep. So that is an option. The, care, the, uh, the PPP program is one the banks are directly participating in. And what that does, it allows business to apply to banks for a loan for up to for up to 2.5 times of their last 12 months payroll. Okay, that's that's really good. Yeah. Uh, and from that from that standpoint, you you know all the final details are not out yet. Believe it or not, it was going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. But the biggest thing is you have to prove up your payroll the last 12 months, providing your you know, however you do payroll stubs in Sparity if you work for them or another provider. And then take that information to the bank with some tax return information, and then we look at it, and we'll then give you a loan of 2.5 times of that amount of the monthly average, of which can be used for to keep your employees employed, pay rent for utilities, etc. Okay, at the end of 60 days after you apply, you have the ability then to go back to the bank and ask for debt forgiveness. So we then provide documentation that the bank will, will say, yes, you do, we do forgive you. We have up to 90 days to make that decision. At that point in time, your debt is forgiven. It's gone away. That, is, that will really help these small businesses and nonprofits to keep people at work. And if you keep people at work, it's going to only benefit everybody. So, so there's a lot there. That's, it really is unprecedented times. I mean, this is the, the fact that the government was able to pull this together in two weeks, and then we're talking about grants. Um, what, what's, what's the downside to this? I mean, if you, if you apply for this and, they, and, you, and you don't have to pay it back, well, everybody should do this, right? 
there's really not a, a downside. Now, I will tell you is that the, 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 you have to make sure that you provide the proper documentation. That's and I will say, if any program like this that comes out this fast, and there's the word of free money from the government, there's going to be quite a bit of people trying to obtain money fraudulently. And that's mm -hmm. part of the bank's backstop. We've got to make sure the money goes to the right people for the right reasons. Right. But from a downside standpoint, I believe it's something that you should apply for. Uh, you should get a benefit of and helps you take care of your employees and it will help get the company back on its feet. And if I remember correctly from reading the act, it's not just the paycheck, right? It covers the, the taxes and the unemployment, the, the health insurance and your retirement and your PTO and your sick, as well as like rent and utilities, right? It's just, yeah. And that's for the business. Yeah. And so it, it pretty much, it'll cover a lot of your, just your daily operating activities. Cause you know, in some situations people will keep companies will get people on, on, on board and their work is their production is ceased. I mean, they're just not doing it. Uh, so it, it does allow to keep, to keep the doors open. So, so the goal of this grant is, if you're thinking about letting someone go right now, the bank, the government is giving you funds to not fire people. So, but if you if you fire them, it's not a grant, right? It's a loan. You have to pay it back. Well, it, it, yeah. If during this time period you lay people off, you terminate them for whatever reason, and you, then you verify for your grant, your your grant will be uh, decreased immensely with the, with the number of people you had at the beginning. Of that 12-month average, what you have now, and one thing I forgot to, to mention, there is a limit of, which is a big limit of 10 million dollars that somebody can apply for, based upon their average payroll. Mm -hmm. And isn't it like 100,000 per person as well? Well, over any income of any employee of a company of 100,000 dollars, over 100 has to be excluded. So, if somebody's making 250 a year, 100,000 dollars is the cap. You will not be getting that extra 150. You know, it really feels like the government had, in a very short period of time did a good job coming together to make this for the average worker, right? Getting it down to the people who who can't afford to be laid off. Yes, I, I agree with that. But with any program that's out this fast, we're going to find out from a practicality standpoint, there's going to be quite a few bugs to get through it. You know, I envision that the floodgates open tomorrow, Stephen, and I envision that everybody's going to try to apply at once, which they should. And there's going to be some system limitations, and it's going to go a lot slower while all the banks get through the learning curve, and the SBA gets their stuff because they have system limitations too. Mm -hmm. So be patient. So 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 calling the bank right now, right as soon as you finish this podcast, is what you're advising because you want to get first in line. Is that what I'm hearing? I, I think the sooner you get. A, a phone call with your banker or your bank to get situated, the better off you are. Most of the banks will, will more than likely, like us, direct the application process through the website online because, you know, face-to-face, -face, one plus the social distancing, and just the practicality and the volume, the more you can do yourself online to get the ball rolling, the better off you're going to be. And, and what is that documentation? What do you got to be ready to give you if somebody was going to um, to go to the, to your website, right? They were going to First Financial Bank Shares website. What would they find there that's required to get a CARES Act or an EDIL loan? Um, there's going to be in this in this uh, on our website. Give me one second. I'll see if I can actually 
tell you what's on this application because we just got it out yesterday. Well, the, the biggest thing you're going to have on this is you want to make sure that you fit the confines of the FBA program. You know, if you're if you're a convicted felon or you're indicted, that's an automatic. Uh, you know, you can't you can't get in. Right. Uh, you got to be able to state uh, that you know that you have to provide entity documents outlining that you really are a real business, uh, not just you know a, a pretend business. So you have to have your corporate documents ready for that. Uh, there are other questions that you, you have to state that you have been impacted by this coronavirus and you need economic aid. So the application itself is pretty simple. Uh, and then at that point in time, you, with us, you'll go into a queue and you'll be able to uh, be processed by the bank. So normally, you know, when we at GrowthForce talk to people who are going for SBA loans, you've got to have three years of taxes, three years of income statement and balance sheet. Uh, uh, debt schedules, ca three-year cash flow forecast going forward. Uh, you got to deal with personal credit history and, you know, they want a personal guarantee. This is different, right? How is it different? Yes. How is it different well, from a normal SBA loan? You know, this is basically, no, there's, there's no personal guarantees. That's big. There's no collateral. So wow. uh, and there's no, it's not, a, it's really not a balance sheet cash flow situation at this point in time. Well, it's more of a documentation showing that you have a payroll need that you have to meet. So it doesn't matter if you, if you haven't made money. If you have a payroll, you need help, you can document correctly what your monthly average is, and then you can document it after the fact for the forgiveness. That's what we're, that's what we're looking for. It's a, it's a compliance situation versus a credit decision. So it's not about the health of your balance sheet, which is unprecedented. I mean, in 35 years of being a CPA, I've never seen that happen. Yeah, in, in the 62 years of living, I've never seen any of this happen. <laughs> I know, right? So let me ask you this. You've got to, you've, you know, you talked about there, there needs to be a protection against fraud. You know, the, the, the law says here you've got to have a narrative of the hardship that you've suffered, right? Like, what does that look like? It's not financial. It's, you know, the economic impact of the COVID-19. Well, it's basically going to say that, you know, your business has dropped off. You can't afford to keep the doors open. You can't afford to pay your employees and it's because of the coronavirus. That will allow the event to apply for the loan. Mm -hmm. So you got to be able to show what, like lost revenue or supply yeah, chain yeah. problems? Yes. Yeah. So you got to, and, and then there's a, there's a, you have to certify it, right? You have to sign, you know, correct. that you have. Correct. And I know all these details are still coming out. We're, this is April 2nd. And as you mentioned, tomorrow, Friday, April 3rd is when they're going to be releasing the guidelines. So, um, you know, what's, uh, so do, do we know, do we know anything about what, what are the challenges to get this is, you know, it seems oh. too, too good to be true. Well, you know that 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 saying is, is tried and true. Uh, the the biggest challenge you're going to be is, as I've mentioned earlier, is right out of the gate, everybody's going to be trying to apply, and with with this volume of people applying, it's really going to stress the resource and the capacity of both the banks and the SBA. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to tell you that once you apply, you walk out, you walk out next day. With, 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 the, with the money to be to disperse as you can to keep your business open, but I can't guarantee this. You know, we've never done this before. 
uh, it's it's something entirely new. The banks are being asked to be the backstop, the gatekeeper. So we have to really had a crash course in doing this also. And then when the SBA gets their information for the banks, they again don't have the resources. So um, I'm hopeful that it will go smoother than I'm saying, but just be prepared for some bumps in the road. Yeah, it's going to take time. So get it, getting, getting in there sooner rather than later is going to be really big. So, yes, so, so let me just see if I could summarize this. So this is a loan to help keep people, right? And if people are trying, yes. to, trying to decide right now if they should keep on people and they don't have the work for them, you know, any guidance on how they decide that? I mean, is it, is it just, you know, wait, wait, get the, get the money and keep the people on? You know, it, it, I mostly deal with small to mid-sized businesses, and you know, to most people that own their own business, that's kind of like your children, family, your child, mm -hmm. yeah, family. So you look for the perspective. You do what you need to do to keep your child alive. Right. I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you if you really think this is not going to, this we're in a, we're in an internal downturn. It's going to become Armageddon. Well, you know, you should be out buying cans of beans and ammo. <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm what you call i think i like to call myself a, a pragmatic optimist mm, I like that. i'm not saying it's going to be a rosy scenario i'm saying it's going to be pretty tough for a period of time is that period of time 90 days six months two years i don't know but if i can approach it pragmatically but i know it's going to get better you do what you need to do to get the other side right exactly right and that's why, you know, we've already got a big deficit, and uh, but nobody's talking about how we're going to pay for this because uh, the analogy I, I heard was it's like when your house is on fire, you don't worry about the water bill. You just get the fire out and we'll deal with it later. That's a great metaphor. You, you do what you got to do, but this money does have to be paid back. Uh, good thing we have a lot of printing presses. Good thing we have a lot of ink because that's what's happening. <laughs> so uh, in, the, in the phase two, the Families First uh, Coronavirus Response Act was about unemployment insurance and now they've they've increased the amount of money that's available for the your employees is an employee better off financially being laid off and collecting on that extra well first off how much more do they get and then how do you figure yeah. out if an employee is better off well i'll, I'll first address what the, what the what i know about the unemployment insurance in texas the maximum that you can get today is $521 a week. It's my understanding the government is going to give an additional $600. Mm -hmm. So in effect, you can get you know $1,100 a week, $4,400 a month. You know, 50 grand a year. Pre-tax, yes, 50, 60, you know, of income. You know, and for some people, that may be more than they make. Right. So. Yeah, you, you have to think, am I better off just not just to quit my job and get unemployment? But remember one thing, if you're, gainfully, if, if you're not gainfully employed when this does turn around, you got to go to back work sometime. So I think right. you, I would think personally you're better off trying to work with your employer, stay on board. But if you get laid off, then you have an option to help live. Right. You can't quit your job and get unemployment, right? You have to be laid off or fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I don't think it's so much a point of uh, where can I make the most money. It's where can I do the most good for, for longevity of my working career. Right, exactly. And then um, the flip side, let's you know, wrap up here with the flip side. So this is all about sources of funds, right? How does, your, how does the bank help provide some financing to you? What about on the uses of funds, the mortgage payments, the credit card, the line of credit? 
what if people can't pay their mortgage right now or they can't pay down their, their line of credit? What is the bank able to do? And is it different with the funding from the, from the coronavirus acts? Is there anything different than normal? Yeah, there's no federal mandate as far as how banks or mortgage companies or or, or have to do on payments right now. Now, I think most banks are looking at it as a way that we need to step up and help our customers in a time of need. I know from our standpoint, we're taking each customer on a case-by-case basis and making a decision on whether we can give them a period of interest only give them a period of forbearance, and walk them through this bad time. Again, knowing, hoping, realizing that things are going to get better, and we've got to be there for our customers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll make one comment about a period of interest only that you have to, these the businesses have to take into consideration. If you've got a commercial real estate loan or, or even a mortgage loan, you're on the front of it, you just started getting it, most of that payment you're going to be paid to, to your, to your uh, lien holder is going to be interest. Mm-hmm. Only small will be principal, so that interest only may not help you. And 80% of that, of that money you owe may go to interest, so you need to take a look and see what the structure is of your payment, and in many situations, apply for forbearance in, for a period of time of interest only. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to pay it. Those payments will just be deferred to the back of the note. You're still going to owe the money. You're just getting a period of time get caught up on your cash flow. That's great. And again, and again this is voluntary uh, this is voluntary now i you know uh, i had i read recently I, I can't remember the name so i won't slander anybody of a large mall uh, company that owns a lot of malls they've told their tenants even though they're vacant you got to pay well you know that's their decision now is it a good decision i don't know but that's the decision they made we're considering forbearance we're considering interest only for every customer that walks in the door and i think a lot of banks are doing that too well, Johnny, I really appreciate you coming on the show here today and, and sharing all this at a, at a time of need. And, you know, it is pretty amazing how, you, you know, we're talking uh, to a banker about forbearance or deferring on, on loans and payments. And, and I assume there's no penalties on these forbearance, right? Well, again, it's case by case. Some situations the bank may ask you to pay or the mortgage a fee to do this for their for their time and effort. Yeah, but, you know that's just again case by case. But that's not uh, a penalty, right? That's just you know a service no. you're providing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, banks are some we're, you know in some situations we may charge somebody a small fee to go through the process because it does take time and effort. Uh, but again, it's individual case by case basis. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, tell us your website and is there any materials that we're going to be able to share with the listeners? Yes, if you go to our website, uh, com, there's a place for application of loans that gives you ideas about what's going on with the virus and how we're helping people. So uh, I would encourage you to go to com and take a look, and hopefully it will be helpful to you. com. Johnny Brooks, uh, regional president and CEO, a chairman and CEO of First Financial Bank Kingwood. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the show. You're quite welcome. Hope it was somewhat insightful, Stephen. Very much so. Bye-bye.